Hello and welcome to this week's My News Wrap news from the world of SAP, Microsoft, and the world in between. Welcome back after my um, holiday break between Christmas and New Year. So I hope you had a great Christmas, a um, lot of presents, could relax a bit about uh, on the days in between and had a good start into this new year 2022. And yeah, starting again with my news wrap, wrapping up around the, the topics that happened in between the years, in between the holidays. And to be honest, there was quite some stuff to catch up. So um, let's get started with the um, SAP side of the house. First of all, I would like to highlight a blog post by the SAP BTP onboarding team. Um, it's the second part of the um, SAP BTP onboarding series, introducing the um, global account topics, so all things about global accounts, sub-account, directories, entitlements, how those things um, play together. And this blog post gives you a great overview and also um, highlights, once again, the live webinars that are happening every month on um, yeah, different topics around BTP, focusing on the onboarding towards SAP BTP. Then uh, there are two more blog posts that I would like to highlight by Dennis von Kampen. First one is about the SAP BTP Unified Runtime, highlighting the um, session of SAP TACAT that I also highlighted after TACAT by um, Jan Schaffner. From my perspective, the, the most important session of SAP TACAT, but I'm biased there, um, exploring the, the unified runtime strategy. So where will the SAP BTP go to with respect to the runtime strategy? And there is also one section um, that, that gives a bit of an outlook. I mean, one part, of course, of this unified runtime strategy is schema, but there are also other projects contributing to that, and that's Project XSK. So if you want to learn more about that, go to the references within this blog post to see what's what's behind that XSK project and how it could help you. And then there is a second blog post by Dennis van Kempen about installing Kima. Of course, I'm picking up the um, open source offering of Kima, Kima 2.0, that came out at the beginning of December, and guiding you through how to install it, what are the dependencies, um, and what are kind of the differences um, that, that uh, Kima 2.0 brings in respect to um, Kima 1.2 whatsoever. As I said, it's about the open source offering. So the managed offering is still a Kima 1.x um, offering. Hopefully uh, soon there will be Kima 2.0 also available on um, SAP BTP with then a lot of news around that. With that, let's switch to the world of Microsoft and of course, starting with serverless. First of all, a little blog post about how to use uh, TypeScript Azure functions together with Notion API. So Notion API is something um, that, that helps you with um, to-do lists, habit tracking, something like that, and how to combine that with Azure Functions and with um, the Twitter API. Focus is on um, uh, timer-based Azure Functions within this blog post. Again, very interesting, very interesting scenario um, on, on how to make use of that. Then, um, Another cool project that I would like to highlight um, is about Open API for Azure Functions focusing on TypeScript. 
if you follow my 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 news web, you um, already know that there is an open API extension, but that's restricted to .NET Azure functions. So you could not use that for any other language. And this project now tries to close the gap, at least for TypeScript, in order to give that support for the open API spec, also for TypeScript-based functions. It's in an early stage, so um, don't expect it to run perfectly, but you can already try it out. And um, <clears throat> of course, you can contribute to that one. Then um, another blog post or blog post series, to be honest, um, which is quite cool about implementing long-running business processes using Azure Durable Functions. So um, this is a two-part blog post within the show notes. I referenced the second part, um, which itself contains then um, a reference to the first part, focusing on how to make use of durable functions in order to um, model or to, to implement business processes, which are usually long-running, which are use, usually orchestrations, and using, of course, durable orchestrations, but also for the state handling um, durable entities. And the blog post also highlights um, how those functionalities help you to overcome certain limitations if you would work with purely, purely stateless so that's really super helpful. Then um, another repository that I would like to highlight by uh, Mark Duker. So Mark is now getting more and more also into the front end area. Um, great to see that. And that one is about Azure Static Web App Templates with a Node.js API. So it's a static web app template focusing on Vue. So Vue.js, uh, Vue Router, Vuex, um, Node.js Azure Functions, and gives you a quick start on um, implementing uh, static web apps using exactly this stack. Then um, one blog post by Mike Stavins about dealing with Azure files, um, especially when developing uh, logic apps locally with VS Code. If you're using Azure as storage emulator, you might have seen that there are quite some files generated when you um, start Azure off within the Azure Functions project, uh, Azure Functions within the VS Code um, Logic App project. Um, same happens, by the way, for, for Azure Functions, but there the Azure Functions um, extension, if you generate your functions with that, will already create the right type of .git files. And <clears throat> for Logic Apps, you have to do that manually. And this very short but, but super helpful blog post um, guides you through on what to do in order to not commit them or, or deploy them to uh, production. And then um, finishing the purely serverless area um, and perfect segue to containers. A little bit of self-promotion about the um, Azure Functions container CLI that I have implemented and kind of released at the beginning of this year. Um, if you're working with Azure Functions and you would like to deploy them to uh, container-based environments like Kubernetes, the Azure Function CLI already gives you some basic functionality about creating Docker files and also deploying it to, to AKS. But if you want to deploy it to another um, container environment, then it's, it's a little bit um, limited. And um, also the functionality with respect to the Docker file creation is limited. And the CLI that I have created there gives you a bit more um, freedom and gives you a bit more um, flexibility 
with respect to creating the Docker file, creating a make file, creating a Kubernetes deployment file, so the, so the, the YAML file. Um, I guess it's still not perfect, but um, hopefully quite helpful. And with that, um, let's switch over to the world of serverless containers, namely Azure Container Apps. There was a quite long session about deploying serverless containers at the Azure DevOps channel on YouTube um, using Azure Container Apps, of course, and Pulumi as infrastructure. Oh, it's, it's, it's infrastructure code. Um, and this, this uh, session kind of guides you through how to make use of both and how to get a decent um, DevOps flow working with that. And then another blog post that's also super helpful from my perspective is running a single Docker container in Azure, which is not the big problem, but cost effectively. So um, due to the tons of offerings that you have within Azure in order to run a single container, you might fall into some, some pitfalls with respect to how to do that without burning a lot of money. And this blog post guides you through that. <clears throat> and I think that's also very, very helpful if you then want to scale out and use multiple containers or deploy multiple containers, um, taking a look at um, the costs. And then another one from the, um, from the container side, um, a blog post about how to set up Dapper, um, Redis, and Nest.js pops up uh, using Docker Compose, but, but that's not the, the main topic. The main topic is really a combination of, of Redis, of Dapper, and of Nest.js. And I really like to see um, the usage of, of Nest.js as a framework because I think that's super helpful. It's a little bit spring-like, um, but for, for JavaScript or TypeScript. And I think it's, it's very well um, picked up by the community. And this combination, I think, is something really to take also a closer look at if you're working with microservices in the Node.js area. And then um, finishing the, the container part for uh, today is about a GA announcement, namely the Microsoft Defender for Containers um, functionality within Microsoft Defender for Cloud has been now released and it's generally available. There was there were different offerings for containers, namely the Defender for Kubernetes and the Defender for uh, Container Registries, which have both been part of the Microsoft Defender for Cloud. And this has now been this offering has now been merged and is now available as Microsoft Defender for Containers. Um, and this announcement gives you an overview of what's what's in there within this new plan, um, how to activate it, and of course a lot of additional um, references within the announcement. Then um, let's switch to DevOps. There is um, one blog post that's really super cool about the DevOps journey using um, Azure DevOps. That's a part of the contributions to this year's or to do last year's festive tech calendar. That's a complete lab around a DevOps journey, um, starting from, from the development flow, uh, pushing your code, into a, a repository within um, Azure DevOps, then using pipelines, deploying it to Kubernetes, uh, monitoring it, and so on. So really, um, very, very extensive um, lab. If you're working with Azure DevOps, if you want to learn more about that, highly recommend it. And then um, another nice blog post around um, 
infrastructure automation, making use of Azure functions. And a very important part, namely automating Azure resource decommission, um, including a tracking of the decommission, making use of uh, functions with uh, the PowerShell flavor and uh, timer trigger functions and in conjunction with um, tags on the resources. So if you were doing infrastructure on Azure um, and if you want to, to automate something, I think this blog post is really super highly valuable. With that, I'm already through with DevOps. I think GitHub has a little bit of a break um, over the, the holiday season. So I guess next week there will be a lot of news from GitHub again. Um, but let's switch to the well, different areas of, of Microsoft that cross my path. First of all, the Microsoft Cybersecurity Reference Architecture got an update um, before Christmas. And I would like to highlight that I've referenced the Microsoft Cybersecurity Reference Architecture per se within the show notes. And um, there is also a reference to the tweet of Mark Simos with all the changes listed up um, that have happened to this very valuable resource. Um, as I said, quite some, quite some um, updates and additions to the contribution. So if you are using this architecture, or this reference architecture, take a look what changed over the change of the years. Then um, another cool uh, preview feature that's available on Azure is the auto rotation in Azure Key Vault. So you can now configure key auto rotation within Azure Key Vault. That's not GA yet, but it's in preview. And that's uh, really super useful, super helpful if you're dealing or if you're using Key Vault, because from a security perspective, um, you should uh, rotate your keys from time to time or on a regular basis. And this functionality now allows you to do that automatically, which is great. Then um, another blog post that crossed my path this week, which was quite surprising to me, to be honest, um, there is a, a, a project or a undertaking about lifting OData to the next level. Uh, so there is, there is a future of OData called OData Next or Neo which will be implemented, as far as I understood, in parallel to the existing OData, um, making use of the, the OData protocol, uh, but really um, reconceptualizing the core capabilities, and I'm citing here the blog post, of OData, while maintaining the original syntax protocol. This blog post then guides you through um, the, the different ideas that come along with this OData Neo, about uh, protocol agnostics, um, how to set things up modular, um, how to propagate OData queries um, to the place where the data lives, called transcendence, and also the, the roadmap that is planned for this OData next thing. So quite interesting to see, quite interesting to um, see what happens in that space, and also interesting to see if um, SAP will pick that up. And then finishing this uh, Microsoft part with um, something not directly related to Microsoft, but I think low-code, no-code is a big topic. And there is now, for especially for, for German speakers, a landing page. Don't get confused by the, um, by the very first page. So one idea of this page is to bring together freelancers and enterprises. Fair. But there is also a blog post session and there is also um, an area where platforms get um, uh, compared 
um, taking up, of course, Microsoft Power Apps, Power Automate, but also Mandix or something like that. And um, yeah, I think that's a great starting point um, to inform yourself about the options with low-code, no-code. It's currently in, in construction, so to say, so it's quite new. And I hope to see there are a lot more um, stuff happening there around uh, the area of low-code, no-code, and interesting blog posts that might be published on this platform. With that, let's switch to the world in between SAP and Microsoft. And, well, Holger Bruchelt was uh, busy. He was really busy. Um, first of all, there was a uh, webinar together with Neptune Software on how Microsoft Power Platform um, can connect to SAP backends, making use of Neptune software. This webinar is now available for replay, so the recording is available. The only thing that you have to do is kind of register um, if you have not already registered. So you pay for the free webinar with your data as usual. But if you're interested in that, take a look at that one. And then um, the... SAP and Azure Video Podcast has uh, two sessions. One happened or was published one day before Christmas, wrapping up 2021, giving an overview of what happened in 2021, what has been achieved in the area of SAP and Azure. And then, um, as of today, there is already a new session. So, um, hitting the pedal to the metal, um, there is episode 74 of the SAP on Azure video podcast. Um, looking back at the content created so far in the last 73 episodes by um, the usual suspects within the podcast. And there is also a new um, landing page using Azure Static Web Apps and Hugo as a page generator, listing um, up all the uh, different videos. And well, as you can see now, if you're watching the video, they are there are a lot out there so um yeah also take a look at that representation look at um the sap on azure video podcast um it's currently work in progress so um holger is still still working on that stuff getting things done um so expect changes on that page in the future and then um there was also a cool session um which well, it surprised me with Azure Fridays because usually Azure Fridays is more about the, the pure Azure offering. But this time, Scott Hentelman invited Holger Bruchelt to um, tell things about extending your SAP applications with on Azure. So um, another session happening this year with Holger Bruchelt promoting the combination of SAP and Microsoft. And I think that's really kind of... Um, well, a great start for Holger into the year, um, being able to promote that there. With that, um, let's switch to, to learning and, and events that, that might happen. I have no events, but I came across one resource that's not brand new, but I would like to highlight it. That's the OWASP Juice Shop, which is from the, the OWASP um, Foundation webshop that contains a lot of uh, insecurity and that can be used for, for demos, for security trainings, um, and so on. Also testing your security tools. So if you are in that area, I think um, this thing is definitely worth a look. 
a lot of information in there. I have referenced the juice job per se within the show notes. And then <clears throat> one um, session by, by Golo Roden that I really would like to highlight and that I highly recommend to watch. And it's picking up the Log4j um, security breach that happened uh, later um, last year and kept a lot of folks busy by especially the Log4j guys, but also um, the, the companies that are using Log4j in order to bring back uh, the security there. And this video explains a bit about uh, Log4j, what was the issue with the breach and, and how did they fix it. But then also discusses a bit how could that happen and how could that happen within the open source area and, and what are the, the consequences out of that um, for open source software contributors. Really, really very, very interesting video. Um, only available in German, but um, highly recommended to watch. Really um, interesting to listen, especially, especially, let's say, the later part where it's not log for j specific, but really discussing the, the problems and issues around open source software and how it's used in enterprises or how it's abused within enterprises because, of course, it's for free. Um, yeah, that's really something to to watch. Only 20 minutes, so not too much time to spend, but definitely worth watching. And with that, um, I would like to switch to developer experience, developer productivity. There is one blog post um, about how to configure your Azure Cloud Shell with Omai Satchel and Omai Posh. So you can, of course, also, as it's persistent, use the, the Azure Cloud Shell and configure that as your local terminal, as your PowerShell. And this blog post guides you through how to do that. Very useful, I think, very, very cool, especially if you're using uh, Cloud Shell a lot, which probably if you're working in Azure, you will do because it's very convenient to use. And then um, another um, repository that I would like to highlight that's also quite new two days old, um, and it's about dev containers. So it's a curated overview or list collection around tools and resources all around dev containers for the, the usual programming languages and technology stacks. So it's a collection of tools, articles, videos, and tons of samples and references for yeah, all the usual languages like Java, .NET, Node.js, Python, and so on. So if you're working with, with uh, dev containers, this is definitely worth a look. If you're working with dev containers and have something, a tool, a contribution whatsoever, just go ahead and contribute to that repository. Yeah, with that, I'm at the end of today's session, the first session in 2022. I hope I had some interesting news for you, some news from in between the years. And with that, we will now start again with a regular schedule once a week. So I see you next Saturday. Um, until then, have a great weekend. Have a nice, successful, maybe first week of work. And see you again next Saturday. Until then, bye.